Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Office of Communications. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med. Mentoring, job shadowing, research internships, and summer jobs, those are just a few of the enrichment opportunities offered here at UMass Medical School, part of an overall mission to support academic success for Worcester students from disadvantaged backgrounds, maybe even encourage some of them to pursue future careers in healthcare. Joining us today in Voices of UMass Med to tell us more about the Worcester Pipeline Collaborative is its director, Robert Lane. He's a longtime educator, a mentor, a role model. Robert is also Assistant Dean for Outreach Programs here at UMass Medical School. Welcome, Robert. Thank you for having me. Nice to have a conversation about this. You came to the medical school back in 1996 when this program was in its infancy, the Worcester Pipeline Collaborative. Can you give us a brief history and, and give us a sense of what it has grown into? Sure. It was started by um, Deborah Hines and Jane, uh, Jim Hamus and their goal was to work with area colleges and the Worcester Public Schools, primarily the North Quadrant, to try to get students interested in careers in biomedical research, biotechnology, and the allied health professions. And we went about it in a new, unique way because we partnered with the North Quadrant because at that time those schools were scoring the lowest on this standardized testing. And we felt being the largest employer here in UMass and in the, located in the North Quadrant, we could do something to really try to step up the academic level and the curriculum at the public schools. So we worked a lot with curriculum developers at the schools. We worked with principals. Uh, we all sat on boards that hired principals and assistant principals. We were very um, connected to the Worcester um, Public School Board, so Dr. Hines and I attended every meeting when, wow. when we were trying to get the new high schools built. So we were successful at that because we felt that the school, while we were doing what we could do, the public schools needed to ramp it up a little more and we needed to have facilities that were, you know, modern, up to date, so that students could have access to and, learning. And so in those early years, was this closer collaboration something that was welcome? Oh, it was very welcome because the schools knew they couldn't do it alone. So they welcomed us. At that time, we had additional funding from the National Science Foundation, so we were able to run a summer science camp at the middle school level, after-school science programs, after-school internship programs. Um, we were able to work with parents who had parent involvement funds so we through the Department of Education. So we ran workshop for parents at the seventh and eighth grade levels so that we could offer uh, opportunities for them to hear what was available at the two partner high schools, which was North and Worcester Tech. Hmm. Worcester East Middle School was our middle school. And when we first started, we had 10 elementary schools wow. open. So you uh, went even down into those elementary Elementary, our, our medical students, uh, Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences, and the Graduate School of Nursing, they were volunteers in the community. The medical students themselves going in as tutors, visiting scientists, and mentors. And going all right levels, into the public right in, schools. Right into the public schools, and they were welcomed. 
And so in those early years, what were some of the early successes that, that the program was able to get under its belt? We were able to uh, do science at three elementary schools. Um, we, a lot of the elementary school teachers weren't comfortable teaching the science curricula, so our medical students would go and teach lessons. Some of our ABV partners, ABV, our biotech partner, some of their scientists would volunteer and go in and teach science. So those were some of the initiatives we did. At that time, Plumley Village, their homework center, mm -hmm. was a part of the pipeline. We had a, my office wasn't always located here at UMass. We were over at Queen Street, the old Worcester City Hospital, which is now Family Health Center. Mm -hmm. And I had a full wet lab over there with a lab coordinator. And we'd bring students from all over the city to do hands-on inquiry-based science at our wet lab. Interesting. So. How did you get into this? What was your background? My background is educational administration. So I w that time I was working in Boston at a college, but and I was living out here in the Worcester area in Millbury, and this position opened up, and I applied for it. I went through four interviews because <laughs> you had to meet with all the partners, and then you met with them as a team, uh -huh. and I uh, applied, and I got the position, and it's best decision I made because I've had really good opportunity to meet students who I say don't make it into the newspaper doing crazy things. Mm. All of our students seem to be focused. All they need is some direction. The programs also, let me state this, they were funded by Robert Wood John Johnson funds for the first five years and at that time Aaron Lazar was the chancellor. Mm -hmm. So when the grant came to an end he went to all of the partners and he said, program's obviously working. We reached our goal in three years. So if it was good to you, it's good to us, what would you say about doubling your commitment so mm -hmm. that we can be level funded? Mm -hmm. And they all agreed. Wow. So it's been continuation. That kind of collaboration yes. is rare <laughs> it's at very any rare. time. <laughs> so it has continued on. So we, we are, we're thrilled. The programs have evolved quite a bit over the two plus decades. Yes. So tell us, you know, in 2019, give us a sense of what are the key programs that um, are still supported and are really appealing uh, under the Worcester Pipeline okay. Collaborative. Right now we have um, medical students who are still volunteering in the school. We have a five-year-old program that um, is called um, Medical Professionals of Tomorrow, and that was to address the issue of the lack of minority males applying to med school. But they work with young men at North High. Some of those young men are now in college. Mm -hmm. um, we have another program for um, young women because they're saying, what about us? So we have Amanda Whitehouse who took that program on. That started this year. And then we have a three-year program at the middle school. It's called Women in STEM. And that was started by three medical students uh, who were undergrads, they were biology, physics, and math majors. So every other week they're at Worcester East Middle School working with about 45 girls on mm -hmm. different activities so having still to deal with STEM. Deep connections in deep the local connections. schools. And there are also, you know, we mentioned at the very beginning, um, summer employment opportunities. So tell us about some well, of those. Well the summer employment opportunities are through our high school health careers program, which is a program that started back in the 70s. We have academic enrichment in the morning that includes English, information technology, biology, math, and science. 
in this block scheduling so they have 90 minutes of each of those classes. So Tuesday and Thursday are two classes, Monday and Wednesday are the other two classes. Mm -hmm. um, in the afternoon they have an internship in an area that they think they may be interested in learning. It's pretty much they're mostly clinical internships. Mm. And then it's followed up by a contemporary health issue seminar where our scientists and some of our other professionals come in and tell the students about their journey and their careers. I mean, those are really prized opportunities yes. to get it's that focus. It's an online application process. Uh -huh. So students go online, they apply. This year, I think we're going to have record number of applications. When I last checked, we have 120 applications so far for 20 slots. And so you're getting the you're getting excellent students Ex already. Already, who and are those are for students from all over Massachusetts. It's a four-week residential program. We rent space at uh, Worcester State University for mm -hmm. all of our summer programs, which includes the summer enrichment program, the high school health careers program, and the um, summer undergraduate research program. So they all are housed at Worcester State, and we provide transportation to bring them back on campus every day. You mentioned Marion, who we're fortunate enough to have with us here in the studio today. Marion Young is a former Worcester Pipeline Collaborative participant, student. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Thanks. And also very happy to say that she's about to graduate from UMass Medical School in the next couple of months. Congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite at the finish line yet, yeah. but you're very close, right? Mm -hmm. It's within sight? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Marion, let's talk a little bit about um, how you first found out about this and why this was appealing to you. You participated in a program when you were in high school? Yeah, so I actually participated in a few programs that UMass offered. Um, so I am a first-generation immigrant from Ghana, and um, I'm the oldest of my family. So I think when it came to navigating systems of, um, I guess, how to get to this career that I that I thought I wanted to do, was uh, I knew it would be challenging. Um, North High had this program called the Health Science Academy, so I was part of the academy. Uh, and through that, uh, and through partnerships that UMass offered, I was actually able um, to get involved in an internship program here during my senior year, where I got to meet um, some physicians and um, different health professionals working in primary care. Mm -hmm. And really that was uh, very prized time when it came to getting to meet people and talk to them about their experiences and uh, what the day-to-day -day life looked like because that's something that I probably wouldn't have had much access to um, without this kind of program. Uh, I was also part of uh, a group of three students that was funded by UMass to attend a summer conference in California. Um, I believe it was a summer youth leadership conference. National youth leadership. National youth, thank you. <laughs> conference on medicine. Yes. Uh, so uh, me and two other students were picked, and we were able to go to California for a week and uh, and really get to um, meet other other high school students who are interested in science and medicine and um, and get exposed to um, things like I think it was my first time I saw an orthopedic surgery uh, live stream which is amazing mm. so um, those kinds of experiences were really invaluable. So let me ask you when you did your first internship mm -hmm. at that point in your life were you already thinking about medicine or was was it the exposure that really got the wheels turning for you? I think it's something I thought about because I was already in the Health Science Academy but um, I think I, 
I was kind of just thinking of the health field in general. So um, I think the exposure to meeting clinicians and nurse practitioners and physicians, I think is really what kind of honed it in and really gave it a, le a level of relatability that, I, that kind of seemed more tangible and real at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely having the exposure made a huge difference for me. You're listening to Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Robert, what do you remember about Marion from her time as an intern? I remember that she was really serious and focused. Um, you meet students from all different levels. They all come with different talents and expertise, so to speak. And our goal, I think, is just really to give them some guidance and to help them sort of channel what it is they want to do and give them some direction. But I remember Marion and there were a couple others in that group um, that were quite focused and um, serious. And that we had certain slots at that time um, where you put those students because they're dealing with patients a lot. Even as a high school student. Isn't a high school mm -hmm. student. So you want somebody there who's going to, you know, really represent the program well. So I remember that about her. And so, Marianne, after you graduated from Worcester's North High School, you went on to Tufts University. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually fell in love with um, uh, community health and public health at Tufts, and that was one of my majors. Um, and we just fell in love with learning about health disparities and yes. how that impact health and the social determinants of health and uh, had a little bit of a detour I was thinking public health or medicine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think eventually just kind of came back to medicine is because it, it was such a, just such a fundamental way to incorporate both and really kind of have um, that one-on-one -on -one experience with patients. You're hoping to pursue family medicine and yes. community health, yeah. right? Yeah. So really, you knew very early on <laughs> yeah. what you wanted to do. How rare is that, Robert? It's rare. Um, I think what happens when they get to medical school, we have a couple other students who were placed in certain areas and have continued that same path, like in emergency medicine one student, another one who's graduated and now is doing his residency um, in urology. Those were things that I think the students knew themselves where they wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Our job was just really introducing them to people here on board that could say, yeah, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what you need to do. This is the direction you need to go. And I think they did the rest. What a joy it is for you though, to open those, help open those yeah, doors. I'm like the proud papa. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to say, because I see students, I see their families, even to this day, in the supermarkets. Mm. And, you know, they stop me to talk, to tell me what their kids are doing. And Marion, you know, you had this, you were able to participate in this opportunity, but then now that you've been at medical school for the last four, four years, you've also continued to give back. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you've sort of paid it forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as Ms. Um, Celine mentioned, I'm, I am part of the uh, program called the Medical Professionals of Tomorrow that was started by two other medical students at UMass um, prior to me coming. Um, so this is a program that, uh, that 
works with young men of color at North High and really tries to expose them to some hands-on skill-based learning activities that can really just kind of broaden their uh, perceptions and depth of what medicine and he the health field really looks like. Uh, and it's been a joy because not only because I'm an alum of North High, but also um, just kind of exposing um, these young men to more things that a lot of them are really not exposed to. Many of them are also the first in their families to be pursuing a graduate degree or thinking about one. Right. Um, and so it's nice to be able to get them to meet people sometimes that look like them or to meet professionals who are doing things um, that they might aspire to do and just kind of re reassure them that it is possible and uh, that there is a path, uh, mm -hmm. even if uh, it might be hard to see as, as a high schooler. Um, and I think philosophically for me, just because I have benefited from so many of these um, pipeline programs, I kind of see it as like a responsibility to really kind of um, to give back and, um, and kind of share part of what I've been given to uh, other students. And it's nice because with pipeline programs, you kind of see the benefits and the rewards of of that kind of giving and it's almost exponential in a way and so it's, it is really is kind of a, a joyous thing to do. And so over the 20 plus years the thousands of students, oh, it's not an exaggeration, right, say thousands right. of students yes. have benefited from these opportunities. Um, what do you say to students who are thinking that this might be of interest to them? I always tell students you have nothing to lose try it. If you don't like it, you've tried it. You will never know if you don't like it if you don't try it. It might really turn you on. That's what a lot of the summer programs do. Students really decide, you know what, I don't mind being around sick people or I don't like being around sick people in the clinic. So maybe medicine is not for me, mm -hmm. but maybe research is. Right. So it's good to find out at an early age so you'll know when you go on to college what you need to major in, what sciences, what math, what you need to take to be successful. And know? you have lots of success stories that you can hold yes, up. Yes, yes. So uh, those who know you, Robert, also see clearly that you make an investment in every one of these students. You really support them. Right. You guide them. Sometimes that's in the form of tough love yes. when needed. <laughs> Because this is not, this is no joke, right? It's, this is really no hard joke. work. It's no joke. It's not easy work. I have in my office a rack full of women's clothing as well as men's clothing. A lot of people on the pipeline board donate their clothes. Because when students go out for interview, they need to be dressed appropriately. And um, they know to come to my office. They can pick out whatever they need, and it's theirs. Mm -hmm. They don't have to return it. They get to keep it because they're going to be going on interviews throughout their career. So they appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And that's just one example of the many ways that students are supported. And then when you see somebody like Marion, just on the cusp of graduating from medical school, in no time you'll be a physician, taking care of your own patients, what does that bring out in you? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um, it's like, it pays off. There were many people who weren't in our corner who said, you know, this won't work. Hmm. You're dealing with these kinds of kids. They don't have anybody in their family who's done this. Why do you think you can do this? Why really? do you think these programs will be successful? Many of the pipeline programs, they called them hippies, health prof professional partnership initiatives in the beginning when Robert Wood Johnson started. Uh -huh. 
um, went by the wayside because the institutions that were behind them, after the funding went away, they didn't continue. The programs dried up. And, and we continued it, and we have success stories. We track all of our students in all of our programs, whether they be the, the two programs at the high schools, the two summer programs, and the research programs, see whether they've gone on to two-year, four-year, whether they've majored in STEM, whether they've ended up in careers in biomedical research, technology, or the health professions. Do you find that uh, that these programs do help plant the oh, seed? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. And students know they can always come back to my office for anything, or either email me. I have students that go away to school. Some of them leave the state for the first time without a family member. Mm. And usually that September, I'm busy emailing folks sort of them walking them through, I don't think I can do this, Mr. Lane. Mm -hmm. No, you can do this. We didn't put all of this time and effort into you not to give it a try. You're going to be out of your comfort zone, but you're going to make new friends, you know. Yeah, stick with stick it. Stick with it. And then come back and see me during the break when you come home. And I usually have a little care package for them, so it, it works out. So as we wrap up, Robert, can you give us any insight into how the collaborative will continue to evolve to meet future needs? I think it will evolve because we're, we're taking on new programs all the time. I mean, I can only do so much, but I'm always invited to be on a, a new board that's starting. Worcester Tech is starting a new initiative now for after-school programs. Um, and it, it's going to be offering similar opportunities for students from other schools in the city that weren't fortunate enough to get into Worcester Tech. So I'm sitting on that advisory board. We also took on a new initiative with Mass Life Science Center um, two years ago where we, they cover the cost to do a training program in the spring and during the summer we hire the students who've been trained in biotechnology for six weeks during the summer in here at our labs. Hmm. So this past summer, we hired 16 of the 20 students. The other four went to WPI. And, and uh, Mass Life Science covered the full cost of the program. That's terrific. Robert, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Robert Lane and Marion Young, thank you for joining us, and good luck as your residency approaches. Thank you. This has been a conversation about the Worcester Pipeline Collaborative at UMass Medical School. You can learn more at umassmed.edu. Thank you for listening. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the Office of Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Visit our website at umassmed.edu slash news where you can find all of our podcasts. And follow us on Facebook at UMass Med, on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School, and on Twitter at UMass Medical. Mm -hmm.